Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us, and we're the hosts of The Mom Hour. On this show, we're joined by a team of unique mom voices from across the country and in different stages of motherhood to bring you tips, ideas, and encouragement, and to help you feel a little less alone. We all know that motherhood is a lot easier when real moms share honest truths and remind each other that it's all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to The Mom Hour. And welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers here on a Sunday with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hi, Sarah. So, full disclosure, we have recorded this intro like three times now. We're a little bit, <laughs> we're in like December bomb mode, which means we're just a little bit off our game for a second. I forgot how this works after seven and, you know, three quarters years. I just yeah. don't remember how to make an episode, apparently. How to podcast. Yes. Um, maybe what's throwing us off, Megan, is that normally a Sunday, a more than mom episode is what we call our Sunday episodes, is about anything other than parenting and motherhood. But today's a little bit different. Today, we have a really, really cool episode. I'm super excited for everybody to be here with us today. But it's not I would not say it's unrelated to motherhood. I would say it's extremely related to motherhood. Um, so we're talking today about the emotions, the mom emotions that come with the holidays. Um, the, the really fun and fuzzy warm ones, as well as the more stressful ones. And to do that, we're joined actually by eight of our contributors who are here to read a little piece of writing, um, focusing each on a different emotion that comes up for moms during the holidays. I'm just so excited about this. I am too, because as you're, you know, as you're talking about like holiday mom emotions, I'm just thinking about the gamut that we run from like excitement and sort of that um, cozy nurturing feeling. I don't even really know how to describe it Mm -hmm. to stress and anxiety about it. Maybe not going right to disappointment if it doesn't go right. And then swing all the way back around to satisfaction when something does go right. I mean, there's just so many there's it's like a full bouquet. It is a charcuterie (laughs) board of emotions. (laughs) Um, a, a cheese board. No, a, a spread. What is the a butter new board? Thing? Yeah, it's a butter board. <laughs> yeah. The new ones, yeah. the new ones. When we did our episode recently about being basic, which was a very more than mom, a classic more than mom episode. Um, someone was like, I can't believe you guys didn't talk about 
boards of all basic kinds. Yes. It was a miss. It was an over. That was a miss. But the thing is, to me, like I've st- I'm still not 100 percent sure this is I'm just going to date myself a little bit here. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure which ones of those are real and which ones are jokes still like I, I will still watch one and be like, wait, so this one's a joke. Right. And then I'm like, what? Wait, nope. I think she's serious. So I'm not even sure how like what to do about that trend, because I'm not even sure how much of it is a sincere trend. Well, I, I think it took off so fast and so earnestly that the that the funny TikTokers and the funny reels makers jumped on it ironically and humorously, like so yes. fast that you're right. Like you can't tell who's trolling who or like who's right. being serious. <laughs> right. So exactly. So funny. But anyway, that has nothing to do with holiday mom emotions. So today's episode um, a little later, we'll feature um, our contributor team reading some essays they've written. And I just think it's a great one to like grab a warm beverage or maybe head out for a walk or a drive. Maybe we've got listeners driving to, mm. um, you know, I don't know, deliver packages is what I was going to say. But what I mean yeah. is ship the ship the packages. Right. Um, so we're glad you're here with us. And we just thought we would talk a little bit about our own holiday 2022 plans and hopes and dreams, um, before we get into the contributor essays about all of these various holiday mom emotions. So Megan, I was going to ask you, um, do you have like a general, I know it's, we're recording this in very early December, but do you have a general hope for this holiday season? And if you could put it in like the form of like an emotion or a feeling, that you hope um, holidays 2022 will bring to you, what would that kind of feeling be? Well, uh, Sarah, I'd like to take you on an emotional journey with me, if you will. Okay. Um, Yeah, we're recording this like on the first. So things are very new. Um, It is the first day that we're all going to rip into our advent calendars. Well, except I think my kids secretly sneaked into theirs last night, but we'll just pretend that didn't happen. Um, So I would say like a week to 10 days ago, I was feeling very stuck and stressed because all of the details had not yet come together for like which kids were going to be where, when, how that was going. Yeah. yeah, How that was going to like dovetail with um, their dad's schedule and hopes for them. There was a few little surprises that got thrown my way that I didn't expect. And then also how it was going to work with my kind of long-standing extended family stuff. And I was just feeling in a, in a place of, yeah, stuckness and just, oh, and then with Eric, like his family stuff wasn't figured out yet. And I feel like I have to kind of wait and because I, you know, I want to do as much as I can with him and, and his family when it works out. There were right. so many unanswered questions and sort of balls in the air that I was very hopeful. I was kind of that at that point Megan gets to when Megan says, I'm stressed. So I just want to blow everything up ah. and do things all my own way. So I was like, I'm yeah. not even going to show up for my family's <laughs> family holiday this year. And I'm just going to take my kids and we're going to just go to, I don't even know, Antarctica or something. So that's kind of where I was about a week ago. And then um, my, so then, oh, William came home for, for Thanksgiving uh, from college. And I had some nice long time with the kids. We had a whole day where all we did was like play board games and eat snacks and hang out. And we ironed out some of our plans. Yeah. And then that led to me being able to kind of get on um, in front of Eric and kind of nail him down on what what I need to be able to plan around with him and then go to the kids, you know, to my ex-husband and nail down a schedule with him and then go 
back to Eric. And then we made some joint plans together um, for the week after uh, New Year's, like starting New Year's Day. We're going to do some traveling with my kids first, then his kids. There'll just be a little bit of overlap in the middle. And then I was able to go swing back around to my extended family and say, well, here's my plan and here's how you all fit into that. And let me tell you, then I just felt relief. But like getting from where I was a week and a half ago to where I was basically starting five days ago took some mental doing and some stress and some sadness um, Mm. about the fact that like I can't do everything exactly the way I would like to. Mm -hmm. And then it really got me to thinking, man, this is getting long, but it really got me to thinking about the way holidays have been and how I've um, tried to kind of mm, force things into a mold that doesn't fit anymore and just kind of accepting that like that's just not my family. It doesn't have like little little kids in it anymore. And that's just not reality anymore. So it circled through. I went through every emotion yes, and then came through to relief. And now I'm excited because now we have stuff that we're doing that doesn't look like last year or, you know, the 25 years that I've had as a mom at Christmas, but looks like it's going to be really fun. And so some of those things include, um, you know, just going kind of more in on the advent calendar thing, including getting one for our kitten. And our oh, cat, nice. they get to share the advent calendar, um, nice. which I like everyone's going to lose their minds when we do that. Just when as soon as I get off with um, with you, I'm going to go open up the first day of festival, which is what it oh says on the advent calendar. Or no, the festivities. That's right. The festivities begin today. And um, we've got some fun things coming. Like we're going to do our own tree this year. That's been something that my ex has done with the kids. Like he goes with Will to get the Christmas tree and brings it to my house. But. Will's not even going to be here until like the 19th and I don't want to wait that long. So the kids that are here and I are just going to take, take that by the horns this week nice. and go get it. And like, just kind of maybe reclaiming pieces of the holiday that I have allowed to be co-opted. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm really excited and I think the kids are excited and I think, oh, and we did a secret Santa drawing last weekend. Oh, nice. And so I get to kind of help them with that. So there's a lot going on to be excited for. And I guess maybe the feeling I am looking for to answer like this is the most long-winded way of, ever of answering your question i guess oh, if i could say that what i'm hoping for for this season is for it to feel really authentic that's not an emotion mm. but that's how i want no, it but it's to a feeling be. for sure yeah and i just want to feel a lot of togetherness with my kids so i just want that warm cozy feeling i don't i, I doesn't need to be the fanciest holiday we ever had i'm just looking for the warm fuzzies and so. you bring up such a good point that to arrive at togetherness, it just requires logistical planning. There's almost yeah. no way around that. And as you were talking, I was thinking about how it's been, it's become very popular and trendy and like memeable in the last few years to talk a lot about like, and we actually, we, you and I talk about this in our Facebook group and with our community that like, you know, as a mom, like you get to set boundaries. You get to say, we're not going to the late night Christmas Eve dinner at Aunt Susan's house. We're doing our own thing. And you and I have like beat this drum of um, you get to design and fulfill the holiday that sounds good to you as a mom. And I still believe that I'm not backpedaling on that. But what I want to add to that is a little bit of nuance, which is it's not always easy just to put your finger on exactly what it is you do want, because maybe part of what you want is a little bit of time with extended family or is to honor the older generations by showing up for the thing that you don't love, but is meaningful in its own way. It's just, 
it's never quite as simple as like, well, I'm not going to feel pressure this year to drive around to all the in-laws and do all the things. I'm just going to say, yes, and you we, are. You are still going to feel pressure. But like, yeah. I guess I want to make space for the people who also aren't really sure what they want. Yeah. And then, then we also being the keepers of the calendars usually, and typically we might have a little more control than, than we think. And we might get to put in those rocks and to set those boundaries, but it's still then like kind of all on us to make those decisions. And then it, as you were describing, like, okay, put these pieces in place and then talk to this family member. So I guess that was a long way of saying, even being clear about your boundaries and your priorities takes thoughtful time and mental load. It's not easy. Um, Now you may enjoy your holiday more if you are careful about those boundaries. And if you are intentional about your time, you probably will earn yourself a a more peaceful season, but that's not to say it's easy. In fact, easy would probably be going along with like letting your mom and your (laughs) mother-in-law dictate the schedule and just showing up. Technically that's like the path of least resistance, but it's may not, may not be in some families the most peaceful path. So it's just, it's yeah. all really tricky. It's tricky. Yeah. Um, I, and guess- I guess there's also the other thing just to add on to what you're saying is that some, to use a truism, there's sometimes no, what is it? There's no way around, but through or whatever. I mean, yeah, there, there's really no way sometimes to make all those pieces come together without feeling the bad feels and getting yes. frustrated with the people who, who are putting pressure on you or whatever, you know, just like being frustrated with the whole thing. And I tend to get like, I tend to not give myself a lot of space for negative feeling, negative emotions. Like if I am feeling grumpy with my extended family, because I really just want to do things differently and they're not getting it. For example, I, I try to like quickly get to the solution. So I don't have to feel grumpy with them. You know, like, does that make sense? And sometimes I'm just going to be a little grumpy or sad or disappointed or anxious or whatever it is. So just one more thing to add. Speaking of feelings. I'm, I'm here for all the making room of all of those feelings. And that's actually like, I need that. I need permission to feel grumpy and disappointed. Um, so yeah, that's like a big part of how I get to the flip side and the enjoyment and the authentic enjoyment of the holiday to use your word. I really like that. I guess for me, we are coming off of, we went away for Thanksgiving before Thanksgiving. We actually came back on Thanksgiving. We went away and then we came home to a full week of illness in my family, which uh, you can hear in my voice is still lingering. Um, So I I think that has given me um, just like a simpler emotion wish for (laughs) for the holiday season. And that is, um, I guess, just that our holiday is uncomplicated by major like turns of events. Like, does that make sense? Mm, Like that? I don't want to make a wish that everything goes perfectly as planned. That's a recipe for disaster. And that's, I've, I've paid too much in therapy for that to be (laughs) my wish and expectation. But, um, I do, I do very much appreciate a holiday season free from curveballs. And I feel like my major curveballs I'm talking about, I don't mean like you burned the cookies or something. Um, I feel like to be just very transparent, the last 12 months for me have had a lot of curveballs. And so that is my, like, I would like a boring, a boring, it's not an emotion, but like a, a, an uneventful December. Okay. So, and I said authentic, how do we put those two things into emotions? Like, yeah, how boring feels calm, right? That's what you're looking for. You're looking for, 
you're not having to question things. You're not having to rethink anything or make yes, any re like retool. contingency yes. plans or uh -huh. whatever. It just goes the way it ex was. It, it's supposed to. It's just calm. Yeah. 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 I'm going to, yeah, calm. I like that. And that, that outer calm will definitely lead to inner calm for me. So, um, that's, that's mine. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready to eat meals from our sponsor factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite Factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. <laughs> and I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Welcome back, everyone. Sarah here. I want to set up the first four voices you're going to hear from today with just a little bit of backstory. I first wrote an essay about the emotional experience of being a mom during the holidays in 2012, so 10 years ago. It was about the pressure I was feeling or that I was kind of sensing in the mom atmosphere to create traditions, giant air quotes there around create for my little family. That essay was first published on a very popular mom blog at the time called The Happiest Mom, which of course belonged to one Megan Francis. And I had been working for Megan for just a few months at that point, and I had known her for just over a year. 
That essay was later reprinted in the Huffington Post, and it was shared pretty widely on the internet. And at one point, I read it aloud here on the podcast, and I can link up that old episode uh, in the show notes if you want to go listen. I'll link up the written version as well. But anyway, the experience of writing that piece and then getting the response that I did from it was just so validating when I was a mom of, at the time, a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and then I had a big pregnant Santa belly and was awaiting a January baby. I reread that essay almost every year, and I just have so much compassion for the mom that I was, and by extension, for every one of you listening who finds yourself in that season of life. So when Megan and I decided to feature moms from our team reading aloud their own writing about the emotions that come with being a mom at the holidays, it wasn't because like we ran out of things to talk about or wanted to take a week off from the podcast or like couldn't make an interview schedule work. It's because this act of writing through these messy and sometimes unexpected holiday emotions is really powerful. And then hearing other people read their own words, I think, is even more powerful. It's so funny. When we made a list of potential emotions for our team to write about, there was a balance of what I was labeling in my head, like happy feelings and then hard feelings. And I was hoping we would end up with kind of an equal mix when the writers chose um, an emotion that spoke to them that they wanted to write about. And if you just look at the list of words, the emotions that we're going to hear about today, it is a good mix of quote unquote happy and quote unquote hard. But as you listen to these essays, you'll notice something right away. There is joy in the essay about grief. And there is heartbreak in the essay about wonder. And there is hope in the essay about resentment. Because that is how this works, friends. We don't get to siphon off the happy feelings and hit skip on our podcast players to pass over the hard ones. They're all tangled up like Christmas lights. And that's just how it is this time of year. So it is Megan's and my honor to bring you the writing of eight different women today. We will start with Jennifer, a mom to twins who lives in Oklahoma. And then you'll hear from Stacy, mom of three from Montana, followed by Emily from Indianapolis, who also has three young kids. Anticipation. Right now, there are five frame photos on my dresser. From a distance, the images all look the same. There's a red door with a wreath, two reindeer, and a giant rocking chair. But if you look closely, you can see a smiling Santa and a blonde-headed boy and a girl. In each photo, their legs are a little longer and their smiles are a bit more toothy. There's something about our Santa photos that captures the passage of time so perfectly. Each year, the setting is exactly the same, but the two kids featured at the center of the photo are profoundly different. This year, Harper learned to cook an egg. Heath rode his bike without training wheels for six miles. This year, they walked proudly into pre-K. My twins, who have always been within an arm's reach, gave each other a quick hug and stepped into separate classrooms. If I could step back in time and see the mom on the other side of the camera in each photos, I would see five different moms each version hoping and waiting for something different. I'd see a mom who was counting the days until her babies would sleep through the night, a mom who wondered if her toddlers would ever figure out how to get on their socks, a mom who eagerly waited for their first leaf off the diving board and their first time to try roller skates. It's not that I wished these milestones away. In fact, it's quite the opposite. 
I looked forward to all of them. So, as we line up to meet Santa and take this year's photo, I find that we were all filled with anticipation. Heath and Harper are eager to meet Santa, but I'm eager to meet the family that will only exist for this one Christmas. Who will this year's photo capture? And who will we all become before we come and take the next one? Overwhelm. My son runs through the kitchen, tossing crumpled papers onto the counter. I shuffle through the math worksheets and drawings and find a letter from his music teacher about the upcoming Christmas program. In the letter, she outlines the outfits each grade level needs to wear for the performance. My kindergartner is supposed to wear dress clothes, but my second grader is expected to wear an all-green or all-red outfit, neither of which he has. Grabbing my phone, I add this to my growing list of holiday to-dos. In addition to our family to shop for, there are friends, two teachers, and the school bus driver, and I haven't ordered our Christmas cards yet. Realization that December is right around the corner sends me spiraling with all I still have to do. Yet, despite the never-ending list of tasks, I feel a nagging to do more, to make sure I'm creating enough memories and traditions for my kids. I glance at the calendar, knowing I won't see a planned night to look at Christmas lights with hot chocolate as a family. We don't do Elf on the Shelf, and we don't have a special movie we watch while putting up the tree. We start a new Advent devotional each year, but rarely finish it by Christmas. And every year, we leave a different kind of cookie out on Christmas Eve. Our kids are eight, six, and two. Shouldn't we have more traditions by now? The Sunday after Thanksgiving, my husband drags the fake tree up from the basement. The kids pull out the handmade and store-bought ornaments while I sit back, letting them fill the bottom half of the tree. They dig through the box, asking questions about each one. Once they hang the last ornament, I gently pull out the stockings my mom made. Holding mine up, I say, This one is almost 38 years old. Can you believe that? Their eyes widen, and we talk about how old their stockings are. That evening, after everyone is asleep, I tiptoe into the quiet living room. One of the things I love about the tree is the quiet mornings and evenings when I can catch my breath from the holiday chaos in the warm glow of its lights. Out of a habit since childhood, I take off my glasses, watching the lights change in front of me. With my vision no longer corrected, the tiny lights become round balls. Their edges overlap, the glow taking over the whole tree. In the coming weeks, we might see Santa, and we might make an impromptu drive to look at Christmas lights. There will likely be new holiday activities we try this year, things we may carry over to next Christmas, or maybe we won't. Even though each year looks a little different, I know our family is making traditions without me planning them or checking them off a list. Years from now, I imagine all the holiday memories strung together like the lights on a tree, glowing from the warmth of hundreds of lights melded together, not from one single bulb. Nostalgia. I don't have grandparents anymore. I sobbed on my husband's shoulder as we stood in the kitchen after a long day of Thanksgiving festivities. My last living grandparent, my maternal grandma, died last spring, and apparently the holidays have a way of bringing up every emotion at any time of day, even if you think you've already properly grieved. I wish I could go back and be a kid again, I told him, just for a day. And I meant it. Even though I was standing in my own cozy kitchen, surrounding by my familiar things with my kids' sweet voices in the background, I suddenly felt homesick. 
Is being homesick for childhood a thing? I yearned to be in Michigan where I spent the majority of the holidays as a kid. I wanted to feel exhausted from playing with my cousins, and I wanted my parents to tuck me in next to my sister in the four-poster bed in the guest room of my grandparents' house. I wanted to wake up the next day and drive to my other grandparents' house, where I would sit on the floor and catch up with my cousin while browsing the Toys R Us catalog and making my Christmas list. Life felt simpler and perhaps a little safer when I was on the receiving end of the magic-making. Growing up, we spent Christmas Eve with my mom's side of the family and Christmas Day with my dad's side of the family. We haven't done either of those things in years because everyone is older and has their own lives now, but the death of my grandma has made me yearn for what used to be. I know that we will never celebrate like that again. I wonder if it's the finality that makes me especially nostalgic. I miss opening presents under my mom's parents' big tree, music playing in the background, cousins running around. As we got older, we would inevitably create some kind of music video that we would record and make our parents watch. On my dad's side of the family, I have memories of playing Uno at the dining room table, sitting at the kids' table while we ate dinner, and as we got older, choreographing dances that we would perform and make our parents watch. Do you see a theme here? I'm so glad that YouTube was not around yet. I miss all of it, and yet I know that I can't go back. I know that my grandparents would tell me that it's my turn to be the adult. I'm the magic maker, the one who will help create the childhood memories. No pressure or anything, but the torch has been passed. I can only hope that someday my kids yearn for these safe, happy, fleeting years of childhood the same way that I yearn for mine. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh. But you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Vionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes. Wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. 
We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, friends, we are back for more holiday mom emotions. And I don't know about you, but I am tearing up at all of these but kind of in the best possible way. I hope you are too. So let's hear from Kia next, who lives in Pennsylvania and has four kids. And after that, you will hear Joanne, who lives in New Jersey and has two boys. Grief. Every December, you can find me in the Christmas decor aisle, looking to take home something that reminds me of my dad, my own real angel. He loved ceramic angels and had his own collection of them. I think because they reminded him of his own angel, his pop-up. I usually come home with a new ornament angel to go with the storytelling of my kid's pop-up. That is like a hug to the grief I feel of missing him, especially this time of year. Instead of an angel this year, in the at-home aisle, it was my husband, who's never had the pleasure of meeting my dad, who found the winner that will come home with us, Chef Santa. When your father is a chef, the kitchen is the heart of the home, where love comes in the form of food and core memories are made while preparing it together. Chef Santa now lives in our kitchen next to the oven where we bake Pop-Pop's favorite cookies and make Pop-Pop bacon, a sweet and savory recipe. My oldest daughter is the only child of mine to know my dad. And so I grieve the love my three younger children miss out on because to them, Papa is a story, an angel, a picture. I grieve the beautiful relationship I know my husband and him would have had. I can so vividly see how proud he is of the man I got to marry. The mixture of magic and grief in our home is not one I'm wishing away. But learning to lean into, the older I get, the more comfortable I am with my own emotions. The more I can make grief the foe a friend, and the less I feel the need to hide the hurt that comes with loss. Even if it feels conflicting with the joy that comes with the season. While I don't come from a family that talks about their emotions, leaning into this grief has taught me to teach my children that it is okay to sit with your hard emotions. Leaning into this grief does not mean that my children get a sad mom during the holidays, but a reflective mom, a storytelling mom, and even a laugh until she cries mom. So this year with Santa chef in the kitchen, the angel ornaments hung, and the special cookies we bake with love, I am enjoying being a part of the Christmas magic, even if that means accepting for me that grief may always be at the forefront. I will always love searching for more angels in the aisles and getting out the ones from previous years. But I don't think I'll top the Chef Santa find for years to come. Anxiety. 
Last month, my family and I went on a trip to Florida. It was our first time riding a plane since the summer of 2019, the last totally pandemic-free summer. We had an amazing family trip planned. The hotel had a pool and a hot tub. We had tickets to the wizarding world of Harry Potter, and old friends were going to meet us there. Exciting, right? In the weeks and days leading up to our big trip, I felt a noticeable lack of excitement. The kids weren't excited either because they didn't really know we were going. I was hardly talking about it. My anxiety was taking up a lot of my energy. First, it attacked me with what ifs. What if one of us gets COVID and we can't go? What if there aren't enough pilots, flight attendants, or air traffic controllers and our flight gets canceled? What if it rains the whole time? What if we don't get home in time for Oscar's birthday? Then, anxiety activated parts of me. I got consumed with logistics. We bought travel insurance just in case. I packed rain jackets, COVID tests, masks, medicine, and a thermometer. I packed one birthday present for Oscar and a gift bag with some colorful tissue paper just in case. Anxiety numbed other parts of me. To protect me from potential disappointment, I felt nothing. No anticipation, no enthusiasm, no excitement, no dread either. I just felt muted. Among many, many life lessons, living in COVID times has taught our family how to pivot, how to be flexible, creative, and resourceful when things don't go as planned. But I wonder if I'm getting too good at rationing my emotions and conserving my energy during big and joyful events. Ironically, or not, during our trip to Florida, a hurricane moves through Orlando and our flight home gets pushed back a couple of days. I wasn't prepared for a hurricane, but I do end up thanking my past self for packing one birthday present for Oscar to open when we're at a hotel instead of at home like we planned. Even with that unexpected stress, our trip is fantastic and memorable. Going into the holiday season, I wonder if I can recalibrate some of my energy. Can I decrease the amount of energy I pour into stressing over logistics and trying to mitigate the what-ifs? Can I reallocate it towards hope and excitement instead? Can I increase the amount of confidence and capability I have for myself and my family and trust that we can pivot if necessary? Can I enjoy the whole holiday season. My hope is that instead of spending another Christmas obsessing over all the what-ifs, including COVID, RSV, and the flu, I can focus on contagious emotions instead. Okay, yes, this is a horrible metaphor. But for anyone out there with anxiety, I hope I infect you with holiday cheer and lighthearted enthusiasm a sense of confidence that you can handle whatever happens. And I hope that your anxiety and mine can take a much-deserved holiday break. Hi, everyone. Sarah here again. Just letting you know briefly that Shawnee's essay, which you'll hear next, has a brief mention of pregnancy loss. Shawnee lives in Michigan and is mom to five kids. You'll also hear in this segment from Joanna, who lives in Dallas and has three young kids, and from Sandy from L.A., who is mom to two little girls. Wonder. 
Really? Another Christmas garland? My husband asked. How's that budget going that we set for the month? I know I'm going overboard with Christmas decorations this year. My kids have said our house looks like a Hallmark movie. But the truth is, it feels like this is the first year I have actually been able to enjoy Christmas in our house. Let me explain. We have lived in our house for what will soon be five years, but this is the first Christmas I feel like I can actually celebrate. The first year we lived here, I had lost my second pregnancy in a row. I found out right before Christmas that my baby was not going to make it. And it's hard, let me tell you, to celebrate the holidays when you are waiting for your baby to pass away inside of you. That was a hard Christmas. After two losses, we were blessed with a successful pregnancy, but her birth ended up being a little traumatic for me as well. She was born early at 35 weeks. Thanks to a partial placental abruption, she had to spend a week in the NICU. Thankfully, she's perfectly healthy today, but as a preemie, she never learned to nurse, and that holiday season was spent basically in a fog of not sleeping and pumping around the clock. The year after that was 2020, and of course, over Christmas, I got sick with a mysterious, and I'm using air quotes, virus that doctors attributed to COVID, even though I had tested negative. I spent 28 days straight sick with a fever. I barely made it through the holidays and spent Christmas Eve alone on my couch while my husband took all of our kids to visit family by himself. Last year, unfortunately, wasn't any better. I got sick again right after Christmas with yet another mysterious illness. Despite testing negative for COVID again, I had lingering symptoms for almost a full year. Fast forward to this year, and I am happy to say that I am feeling so much better. I'm still working on my health, but overall, I'm in such a better place than I was last year. And for the first time in this house, I'm approaching the holidays with something I haven't experienced in a long, long time. Wonder. For the first time since we moved into this house, and for the first time since my life has felt honestly like it's been falling apart, I feel at peace about this Christmas season. I'm here. I'm somewhat healthy. My kids are at those magical ages of still wanting to spend time with me. And I've been through enough in the past years to know that all the stuff that people say about how you're allowed to say no and none of the stuff we stress ourselves out about actually matters is true. I know that I can say no if I have a night I really can't deal with something because I know what happens when I don't take care of myself now. I know that I can do absolutely nothing with my kids this month, but watch Christmas movies and they will be perfectly content because I've done that before too. And I know that whatever lies ahead, I actually will be okay. Just as my therapist assured me I would. Not because life will always be easy, but because I can trust that I will have the strength to face it and have help when hard things do happen. I'm filled with wonder that I've made it this far that I've learned some hard lessons, and honestly, that I'm here at all. I'm filled with wonder at second chances, at toddler hugs that might be the most healing thing on this planet, at Christmas lights that sparkle in the darkness, and at the people who refuse to give up. Because honestly, a lot of days, it can feel like the best thing to do is to give up. It can feel so hopeless in the world, with suffering and pain, darkness and despair. But today... Right now, in the season, I'm once again remembering what it feels like to feel wonder. And that's such a beautiful thing. I don't know what the future will hold for me or my family, but I do know that today I can fill my house with all the Christmas decorations I can 
and celebrate the wonder of the season. And for today, that is more than enough. Resentment. The most wonderful time of the year, you say? I suppose for some it is and always has been. I love the idea of the holidays, the celebrations, the tradition, the food, the concept. But my nostalgia of holidays gone by are distant memories filled with a lot of stress and worry. Days involving family conflict and wondering if all would really be holly and jolly, or if it would be another dramatic affair that would leave a little girl rattled and wrung out from yet another unanticipated emotional roller coaster. A traumatic childhood where holidays were more of a point of contention would turn anyone into a Scrooge by the time they hit adulthood. Those holidays were often filled with arguments and tension. A day to get through and get past and not necessarily enjoy. But I never quite realized just how much resentment I held toward the holidays and my past until I had children of my own. As a first-time mom, my tears would spill over at the hint of any issue arising around a holiday. I would not have my children growing up and experiencing the holidays as I did. Theirs would be magical. Theirs would be stress-free. Theirs would be happy memories. Perfect planning, enjoyable moments, experiences upon experiences. This was my plan to make all the ghosts of holidays past, present, and future the best they could possibly be. I've come to realize that in this plan, I have actually created more stress for myself while avoiding the root of the real issue. My resentment towards my past was creating a monster of a holiday mom. Instead of facing my past, forgiving and moving on with my own life, I've really been stuck perpetually fighting with memories and parenting that aren't my reality now. Piling on activities and trying to outdo my childhood for my own kids, when really I think I'm just trying to heal that little girl inside and give her the holiday she always wanted. Through this reflection, I've realized how much control I've given the ghost of my childhood past. It's time to strip away and heal the present. Surrounded by a family that loves me, and the holidays for what they are, with or without all of the extravagant magic masking those past hurts. Experiencing the holidays with a mother who is working on healing her heart to make this time of year a true reflection of love, peace, and joy is so much more magical for everyone and a plan that has real life-giving power. It's a plan that gives that little girl I used to be and the mom I am now the holiday and love we both deserve. Hope. Somewhere between the magical Christmases of childhood and the messy realities of adulthood, hope became a complicated thing. Once, the holidays, full of promise, beckoned me to dream big and make a list a mile long. When did hope begin to hold hands with disappointment? We started off the new year with fresh hope. Hope for a new beginning. Hope for change. Hope that whispers. This year will be better. But then, those heartbreaking headlines, that medical diagnosis, plans fell through. The answer was, we're going in a different direction. Friendships, parenting, and marriage are still hard. I lost my temper and yelled at my children, again. Thanksgiving reminds us of those not at the table, those who left too soon those who never arrived. By December, it's been a year, and our hearts are tired. But there's a magic in those twinkle lights, the smell of fresh pine in the living room, opening up 
cold Rubbermaid bins that have sat in the garage for a year to be greeted by glitter dust and the scent of a craft store. The warm glow of a flickering candle as daylight fades reminds me that there is hope. The baby in the manger and the baby I rock in my arms reminds me that there is hope. A thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. I feel that thrill when we set the shining star on top of the tree and my children gasp with delight. And I dare to hope again. Here's to hoping for peace on earth and around our dinner tables. Here's to hoping we'll get at least one decent family picture in those coordinating holiday pajamas I purchased back in October. Here's to hoping for silent nights where all is calm and all is bright. Here's to hoping the kids will remember snuggling together on the couch for Advent reading. Here's to hoping that as the childhood magic of Christmas fades, it will be replaced with an enduring awe and wonder at the love that came for us. Here's to hoping for more joy, less stress, more gratitude, less gimmies, more rest, less overwhelm. Hope remembers all that went awry in Christmas's past, but urges, don't give up on what matters. Because here's the thing. I can't create the perfect Christmas any more than I can conjure a life completely free of disappointment. We do what we can, and then we hope. So, I string the lights onto the tree and hang up the stockings. I arrange the nativity figurines on the shelf. I add matching family pajamas to the cart and also grab a pair of cozy slippers and a monogram holiday mug from Anthropology, just for me. I turn up the music in the car and sing Joy to the World with my kids on the way to school. I Google easy holiday cookie recipes. I stay up late wrapping gifts. I light the candle again and I hope. Ooh, okay. Wow. Thank you so much once again to Jennifer, Stacy, Emily, Kia, Joanne, Shawnee, Joanna, and Sandy. I hope everyone listening enjoyed these beautiful essays and definitely watch our socials this coming week because we'll share written versions on the blog and on our social channels over the next few days. Well, before we wrap, Megan, just wanted to remind everybody about our sponsor, Trumi Wireless. If you might be getting a first phone for one of your kids this holiday season, definitely check out Trumi. And we've got an amazing $75 off deal. Use code the mom hour for $75 off the purchase of any Trumi device. Just visit shop.trumi.com. That's T-R-O-O-M-I shop.trumi.com and use the code the mom hour for $75 off. It's such a good deal. Check it out. Okay. And before we go, we should let everybody know that our December special episode that only happens on Instagram for our Instagram subscribers is coming up this coming week. So Wednesday, the 14th, you can join us on Instagram if you are a subscriber over there. Yeah. And we're going to have a really fun conversation. Um, We're calling it Megan and Sarah's Holiday Habits Revealed. And it's really just going to be kind of a fun dive into some of the things we like to do and surround ourselves with and eat and smell and all of those things during the holiday season. So it's going to be really fun and you can only watch um, or and listen to that episode if you are in our subscriber only community on Instagram. And we'll put a link to that in our show notes as well. 
Yeah, if you're already on Instagram and following us, the rest of the way to the subscriber area is super easy. It's all integrated right into your Instagram experience. So join us there. And those episodes are fun because we get to show you what we're talking about, which we cannot do here on the audio podcast. Um, And on Tuesday, this coming week, regular Tuesday episode of the Mom Hour right in your feed as normal is listener questions, holiday edition. So that'll be really fun. It's our usual taking listener questions and giving our solicited advice, um, but all around holiday questions and themes. So that'll be really fun. Um, Megan, thanks for joining me on this Sunday. And thanks to our contributors. We will talk to everybody soon. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to The Mom Hour. Everything we talked about in today's episode is available at themomhour.com. And hey, while you're there, you can find more than 500 podcast episodes, plus articles, playlists, and resources about motherhood and parenting at every stage. And if you like today's episode, we'd love it if you would take a minute to share the show with another mom in your life. You can also find us on Instagram at The Mom Hour, chatting and interacting with listeners between episodes. Thanks for being here, friends. We'll talk to you soon. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction. And Erica helps them build healthy habits in self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November, and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know I am fan number one of The Teas Made. It's got such a cozy vibe, and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines, and home and family life. Just look for The Teas Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes.